folks, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I am your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is May 21st, 2020, which means I am on day 159 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. I'm going to start today off with a new movie review, The Infiltrators. Not to be confused with a movie called Infiltrator, which is actually quite good, but The Infiltrators is a, I want to say, mockumentary. It's sort of like a documentary. However, it shows a group of young Latino folks who infiltrate a border patrol and detention center in order to see what life is like for illegal immigrants who get detained during an administration in which there was no allowance for them to be in our country until the creation of the Dreamers Act, where children who were born here whose parents were illegal immigrants or who were brought here at a very young age and most of their lives have been lived in America get to stay here because it wouldn't make sense to send them back to a country that is basically foreign to them. Now, in this movie, these young Latino adults go into the holding cells and the detention centers to talk to the other inmates and let them know that they're there to infiltrate and get them information they might need to exonerate them and get them out of their detention centers and allow them to be free once again. I gotta admit, it's somewhat of an interesting movie, but I just, I was not very into it because it's not suspenseful, it's slow, it's kind of a documentary, but kind of not, because there's no real footage inside the detention units. Instead, it's them reenacting what they believe they went through, and you can't really be guaranteed that it's actually what went down. It's from a biased opinion of people who are completely against the whole idea of a detention center for illegal immigrants. Therefore, it seems like it just tried to make it look worse than it really was. And so for me, I watched it out of sheer curiosity, and I got to give it a 4 out of 10, because I guess it's informative, and it's not horrible. It's somewhat interesting. The Infiltrators... Check it out if you're bored or if you just want to see what they show as life in a detention center for an illegal immigrant. Infiltrators, 4 out of 10. I gotta give a birthday shout out to one of my best friends of all time. To this day, a person I care about so very, very much. Nathan Krupp. An amazing dude, a fantastic father, a family man, a hard worker, and by far one of the funniest people 
I've ever met in my entire life. Very few people in my life I can hold to a level of my hilarity. This guy makes me laugh. Now, I'm I'm the type of guy where most people I meet, they get, you know, boring to me fairly quickly. It's not my fault. You know, I, I get bored fast, and unless you're an entertaining person, you just can't keep up with me very much, and I eventually lose interest, and that's on me. It's definitely on me. Most people, don't worry about it. I'm the terrible one in this case. But this guy is not even close to ever boring. He is such an interesting dude. He and me could sit there and talk for hours, weeks, even years, and I would never be bored. This guy, he's an entertaining fellow, and I gotta give it up for him. Happy birthday to you, sir. 34 years old today. Now, there's another memory I have about this dude, and as kids... We we were always really good friends, but as good friends can be, you butt heads once in a while, and I'll never forget that as I grew up, I always was a bit jealous of this guy's natural strength and good looks. I'm not going to lie. I did not get born as a very good-looking fellow. Just didn't work out for me. I'm not a I'm not a handsome dude. Now, I I recently posted a pic on Instagram to remind myself maybe and to give myself a little motivation that I at one point did have fairly decent abs and slim stomach and I'm trying to get that back. And it garnished a reaction from this gentleman that I believe was a bit of poking fun to me and that, you know, that makes sense. I deserve it. You know, but doing the whole Instagram picture of yourself, it's embarrassing, but I did it because, you know, I need the attention, I need that motivation, I need to get myself into good shape. But I gotta say, this guy, I feel like he just naturally is always in phenomenal shape, has not had to deal with the, with my side of things where I just have to work out so constantly and I never get in as phenomenal shape as him. So kudos to you, Nathan, for always being in such perfect physical condition. You know, life growing up, as far as getting the ladies, was easy for this guy. It was not for me. I always struggled. But this dude, props to you once again. You're in great shape to this day. Look the exact same. I swear you haven't put on a pound. I don't know how it's possible. This guy has never dealt with dad bod. That is for sure. He is currently one of the higher ranking folks at a very promising company. And this dude, I can't say enough positive stuff about him. Love you to death, man. Happy birthday to you, Nathan Garrett Krupp. One of my best friends of all time. Now, folks, it finally happened. Lori Laughlin, a.k.a. Aunt Becky from Full House, has pled guilty and accepted a plea deal for her part in the admissions scandal, paying $500,000 to get her daughters into USC as athletes, which they are not. And a part of her plea deal is that she will serve 20 days in jail 
and two years probation, 100 hours of community service, and pay a big fat fine. I don't know if that is enough to really punish a person who was facing possibly 20 years for conspiracy charges. But, you know, when you're rich, you get these type of deals thrown at you because you have money. Just look at Felicity Huffman. She got off and she paid $15,000 to raise her daughter's SAT scores and she only did 11 days in jail. Now that to me is crazy, you know, because certain levels of crime should get worse punishment in my opinion. But I guess when you have money, it just doesn't matter. But let's all just be happy that this is over because we're sick of hearing about it anyways. I almost didn't want to just bring it up, but I had to because now it's over and everyone knows she is going to jail for 20 days and paying a fine and you might see her out there in an orange suit cleaning up trash on the side of the freeway to fulfill her 100 hours of community service, but I'm pretty sure she's just going to have a priest or somebody sign off saying that she worked with a church and she'll never have to step foot in one of those nasty vans that some of us have been in and traveled with criminals to go pick up trash off the streets. Now, some companies that offer delivery through apps are doing it without the permission of the restaurant owners themselves. And this is causing a stir, like in one case, where DoorDash offered a guy's pizza from his pizzeria for $16 a pie, even though on his menu it's actually listed for $24. And the guy who owns the pizzeria never agreed to have DoorDash sell his food through their app and deliver it anyways. He never even agreed to this. They just chose upon their own decision to make this an option for people, which then would have customers order it, which then, since it wasn't linked to his restaurant in any way anyways, they would actually pay for the pizza and never get it. The customers were getting screwed. The gentleman who owns the pizzeria was getting bad reviews because of this, and he decided to get a bit of revenge, noticing the fact that they offered his pizza for 16 and the actual price of it was 24 he bought pizzas from himself through DoorDash, which gained him $8 profit each time. That is both genius and the perfect revenge, and proof as to why DoorDash recorded a loss of profit in their last quarter, which I don't see how that's possible, because every person ever has been ordering through Grubhub and DoorDash in the past few months, except me. I've actually never used one of these Grubhub or DoorDash third-party food delivery apps ever. You know, I just don't order food from places that don't already have delivery systems in place, like a pizza place or a Chinese restaurant. I just don't order other food. I heard of one lady that I just read online ordered food through DoorDash from Burger King. That's your first mistake. Burger King is terrible. All fast food sucks. We all know this. And she said 
that she witnessed the DoorDash delivery guy eating fries out of their bag as they pulled up to her house. Then she noticed in the bag itself that the fries had been diminished to about half the amount expected in each fry container and that she believes over half of them were eaten by the driver after witnessing him reach his hand into the bag and eat some and refused to eat any of the meal as it may have been contaminated by COVID-19 on account of the guy grubbing down on some of it on his way, and demanded a full refund for the entire meal through the app itself while texting back and forth with a representative of DoorDash, who then only said that they would refund her a dollar and fifty-three cents, which was the price of the two fries. Now she out was outraged by this and posted the conversation between her and the DoorDash associate online, which then went viral, of course. And most people commented, why did you order Burger King? It's disgusting. Or other people commented, why did you accept the bag of food after witnessing the person eat out of the bag and not just tell them to piss off and take it back to Burger King and then ask for a refund? I don't understand what happened, but that's why I don't use these third-party apps. The people who deliver this stuff don't give a crap about you. They drive around stoned all day, munching bits of your grub with their bare hands and putting their hands on their steering wheel, picking their nose, scratching their head, faces, whatever. Even when there wasn't a pandemic, I never ordered off these. But also it's because I know how to make food. There's nothing they can make at Burger King that I cannot make better myself. By the way, I worked at Burger King when I was 16 years old for an entire year. And the things that I witnessed there will make me never go back to any Burger King ever again. Imagine what would have happened if the Portland Trailblazers had drafted Michael Jordan instead of Sam Bowie when they had the chance. We've all thought about this. Even Bulls fans have thought about it. Every Blazer fan ever has thought about this, guaranteed. But there was also another star that could have played for the Blazers at a time where they were already great and needed just one piece of the puzzle to make them the greatest. And that was in 1992 when Charles Barkley was fed up playing for the 76ers he knew he wasn't going to go anywhere with that organization, and he looked for a place that needed just one piece of the puzzle to become the champions that they could be, and that place was Portland, Oregon. He even went to Portland and paid 1800 bucks or something like this on a trip to try and persuade the coaching staff and the management that he was the right style that they needed and to see what it was all about. And the Blazers even considered what pieces of their team they would have to trade off in order to get Charles Barkley. They decided to stick with the team that they had, which then led them to the NBA Finals against the Bulls, where they obviously lost. And the following season, Charles Barkley brought the Phoenix Suns to the NBA Finals, where they obviously lost to the Chicago Bulls. Making us wonder, 
had the Blazers, I don't know, given up Kevin Duckworth and Jerome Kersey and maybe Cliff Robinson and picked up Charles Barkley, would they then have been able to do what the impossible would have been and beat the Bulls for that championship title that year? Now, even though we all know what really happened, Barkley never went to the Blazers. Both he and Clyde the Glide Drexler lost to the Chicago Bulls one year after another, just like everyone else eventually did in the 90s. It just goes to show how close the Blazers came to a possible championship had they made the right moves. And being as Barkley paid... You know, over a thousand bucks to fly out to Portland in an attempt to win them over. Years later, in 2018, after catching wind of this bit of information, Damian Lillard showed up on the set of TNT during Charles Barkley's commentary and gave him a check for the exact amount of money that Charles had claimed he spent in Portland to make up for the loss of that cash, and it was hilarious. Now, I gotta say, being one of my favorite players of all time, and my favorite team being the Portland Trailblazers, I would have loved to see Barkley suit up for Rip City. It's just too bad it never went down. Folks, it is now time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that I'm certain we all have become dangerously obsessed with, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst, heck of a guy, and Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Today, folks, I am going to tell you a story about a man who just knew how to party. His party instincts were the likes of which I had never seen or even dreamed of in this world. A guy by the name of Cole Schlotman. Now this dude not only knew how to party and never quit, but there was a time, in fact a crazy circumstance, that to this day is hard for me to even fathom. That it went down, but I know it did, because this was before we entered a party, so I was sober. But one night, we were driving around in the middle of nowhere. And in Oregon, there's a lot of middle of nowhere. You know, there's a lot of hills, mountains, rivers, lakes, you know, dirt paths, gravel roads, things like that. As soon as you venture outside of the city of Portland, you're basically in the middle of nowhere. And we used to go to parties around an area called Bald Peak, where it's outside of Hillsboro. It's where some of the more wealthy folks generally who have money lived, but also still went to the high school that we went to. And so even though Hillsboro is a, a town of a lot of people, you know, there's, there's streets everywhere, it's normal. Outside of that, there are some mountains and hilltops, and areas that at night I would have no idea how to navigate them. Now, long before your phones had automatic navigation on them, and even when MapQuest was barely fresh, a guy by the name of Cole Schlotman 
and myself and a couple other peeps were driving around on a Friday night in search of a party. Now, we had looked for this specific party that I knew about that was happening. People described me how to get there. They told me, go on this road, go on that road. We tried, we tried, we tried, and we just couldn't find this place. It was too dark. There were no street lights. It was out in the boonies. There was too many roads that it could have been. We went in circles, and we just realized there's no chance we're going to find this party. But then something clicked inside Cole's brain. A notion that he could find a party based on his party instincts, and that was all it would take. He knew, deep down inside, that no matter what, he could find a party because that's the type of guy he is. He was so passionate about partying that he believed he had the ability to just find one. And all of a sudden, I remember... We're driving down some random road in the backwoods and he just takes a crazy turn into what seems like the middle of a field pretty much. There's like a road going through a field. It's basically a one-way road and I have no clue where we're going to end up, but I got faith in this guy because he has never steered me wrong before and he did not this time either. For some reason, somehow... Some way, this dude found us an entirely different party consisting of people who I had no idea were partying at the time in a separate location from the party that I had tried to find for us. And it ended up being an epic night with free booze, tons of ladies, and just a whole bunch of people that I didn't even generally ever party with before. They were super cool. We had an insanely fun time. And to this day, I have no clue how this guy, just out of nowhere, found this party and just decided he knew where it would be without any directions or any phone calls or anything. And I, I promise you, it's not as though he knew about this second party before we ventured out to find the first. He was as disappointed as I when we couldn't find the original party. We just, we were giving up. But then I saw a glimmer in his eye, a hint of hope just appear out of nowhere. And I knew that this dude was the right dude to be rolling with to find a place to party. And that was the way it was. So to you, Cole Schlotman, sir, I still have no idea how you did that. Or how you did many of the miraculous things you did when we were in high school together. But dude, mad props to you, sir. Mad. I miss the guy. You know, I can't wait to see him again. Hopefully he can come down here and visit me in San Diego. He lives in Alaska. I visit him up there. And, you know, it was during a time where I just... I wasn't the greatest person ever. I should have you know, brought some money up there and tried to show us a good time. But luckily for me, he was the most hospitable individual ever and just took care of me like I was his kid. And I thank you for that, sir. And I got to say, any time that you want a vacation, come down here and I got you, bro. A 100% a place for you to stay. 
I'll cook you fat dinners every night. We'll hit the beach. I got a pool for you to swim in daily. I'm telling you, come down here and visit me and let me pay you back in a partying style the way you always found me a place to party when we kicked it. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. It means the world for me to have listeners like you. I hope you're out there having a good time, enjoying the reopening of America as you should. And I will talk to you tomorrow. To end today's podcast, folks, I'm going to play a song by a band that was introduced to me by the birthday boy himself, Nathan Krupp. This is dedicated to you, sir, Metallica, wherever I may roam.